Hi there. You're listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. This is Alana here with Jamie. How's it going, Jamie? It's going well. It's very, very beautiful day out today. So summery and pretty and it's been a good day so far. Yeah, we've been getting like really crazy rain that it'll be like sunny and fine and then it will pour for 10 minutes and then like five minutes after that it's back to being sunny and fine it's very bizarre and there for a while I felt like we were in Florida or something you know when you're in Florida you have these like beautiful sunshine days and every afternoon you get the rain shower at least Mm -hmm. that's how I remember it when I've been there yeah we were getting that where it's like beautiful day and it's like well Time for the Florida rain shower, but and I lots know. of rainbows though. That's the neat thing is we've I've oh, seen several man, rainbows. Like last night there was a rainbow and it was not a really clear rainbow so much as it was like mm-hmm. um two it wasn't like two separated from each other. It was like mm-hmm. the colors and then they just repeated. Laughing. It was a really long, like wide rainbow. Interesting. Was it a mirror image or did it just like start again at no, the it beginning? it started over. It started I over. I've never seen that. So speaking no, of interesting things you've seen in nature, we came across two porcupines on the road. Oh. Um, like I've seen, this sounds gross, like I've seen roadkill porcupines, but I've actually yes. never seen wild porcupines. And there was one day that they were just like, one was sauntering around. They're super slow. And then like 10 minutes later, we came across another. It was really interesting. Well, our daughter was four, I think it was two summers ago. And Mm -hmm. she has this thing where she just will yell out stuff like, you know, um, like bear. And there's really no bear there, right? That with your bear at the picnic story. This was the same year, I think, that that happened. And we were inside, and my uncle was visiting from California. And we had just come in from the porch. Like we had been sitting on the porch, eating dinner and hanging out. And then we came inside and I'm not sure why she looked outside, but she looked outside and she yelled porcupine and I'm like rolling my eyes. Okay. What is it? You know, like a neighbor's cat. Right, it was a porcupine right. lumbering across our yard. Interesting. And then it just walked you didn't have a dog. Street, right. Yeah. Because yeah, it might've been. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. We've had to train our kids that you like the word moose is in the car, kind of what saying bomb is in an airport. Like you, you yeah. just can't say it. Right. Um, Cause yeah. they would see like, it might be way over here and we passed it 10 minutes ago <laughs> and they shout, look a moose. And so then of course the driver freaks out. Yeah. you like slam and- on the brakes. What am I missing? Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes it's, oh, look, a moose. And by that, they mean like, look, that car had a decal of a moose on the back of it or something. So cannot say moose. Well, in Maryland, there were a lot of deer accidents, you know, Mm -hmm. you and so, you know, it was kind of, you'd see them on the side of the road, but it was the same kind of thing where it's like, all right, let's not talk about it though, because it's a very real thing, even more so than moose accidents, at least locally. Like, I mean, we, mm-hmm. there, there were just tons of deer in right. Maryland where I lived. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Interesting. Well, this is the praying Christian women podcast. So maybe we should open up with a word of prayer. How does let's, that sound? Let's do it. All right. We're, we're going to be very, very counter oh. counter revolutionary. I was going to say, but I don't think that's a word. <laughs> no, hold on a second though. For those of you watching the video. All right. Uh-huh. I, I said, let's do it. Just oh, look at you. you. I'm say, wearing my Nike, do just it. do it shirt. You know, you got to be careful. Actually, they're very picky about where they're 
not, I was going to call it their swastika. How terrible is that? Oh, their swoosh. Their swoosh. <laughs> now you're really in trouble with them. For I am aligning in so much trouble. With, oh, wow. Yeah. No, right. I, okay. Well, so I'm going to adjust the my... Um, no, no, no. You're fine. The only reason <laughs> I know this is because an author I know of, they had a picture of a model on their cover and the model was wearing um, Nike socks and they mm. ended up having to change it because I guess they're... Now, I would See, think that they would want the free advertising. I would yeah, think but then that, again, like you have to a, get like, what if it was a book about how much sports are terrible? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? That's like, true. They have to be sure with their image. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's true. Well, and especially- Image is nothing. Do you remember those? Image is nothing. Thirst is everything. Yeah. I remember that. We should have a, a Praying Christian Women episode with a game show of like trying to remember old slogans, you know, just because- We should tie it has in nothing to do with prayer. <laughs> no, no, no. We can totally make it have something to do with prayer, right? So image is nothing. Thirst is everything. Thirst for the living water. Oh. Sprite. But instead of Sprite, it's, you know, Praying Christian Women. We've got to do it. We have got to do that. We do. Just do it. Do you you ever have the do the do people come and do like assemblies at your school and stuff? No. What did they? Do you remember do the do? Yeah, Yeah, I remember do the do, but I don't remember assemblies. It was for Mountain Dew. It was all about like super extreme. Mm -hmm. What do you call it when it's like the the real extreme biking and like stunts? I'm sure there's a name for it. Yeah, like the X Games or like, uh, what do they call them? Extreme sports. I mean, that's kind of what they call it, just extreme sports. (laughs) So they would do these assemblies where they would bring out, you know, the people to do their flips on their skateboards and, you know, have the really like death defying ramps and stuff. If I remember, it probably got tied into like, you know, say no to drugs type thing, but it was also, they were the, they were like, it was sponsored by Mountain Dew. So it was like the do the deal tour, just say no to drugs or something. We're... (laughs) Yeah, because we're we had, showing our decades here. <laughs> I know we had just say no to drugs, but For I don't sure. remember Mountain Dew sponsoring it. So we did have the Harlem Globetrotters come. I do not know school. what that is. You don't. It's Mm-mm. an East Coast thing. The Harlem Globetrotters. It's a group of guys, basketball players from, mm. I guess they began in Harlem. I think they probably got people from other places because they were incredible. Mm-hmm. They did like stunts with basketballs so interesting they would like twirl them on their fingers and like on their heads and toss them to other Mm -hmm. guys I mean it was like basketball it was awesome Oh, it was so cool. Synchronized basketball stunts. Synchronized basketball stunts. Yeah. And you Swan gotta, Lake's playing in the background. That's right. What you need to, you know, we talk about the de-stressing watching puppy videos. I'm going to, yes. the next time I'm feeling stressed or down, I'm going to look up a video of the Harlem Globetrotters because they're fun to watch. Do you know what my son gets into? It's, what is it? They're hydraulic presses and it's just people putting random things and squishing them in hydraulic presses. And you can find like hour long compilation videos of like, here's what happens when you put a big pot of macaroni and cheese under a hydraulic press. And like, it's just it's so weird and random. Fascinating though. <laughs> it would be addictive, I think, to watch it. My, it my oldest likes the, um, I could never think of the name, the, um, 
basically where you set stuff up and one thing triggers the next thing and the next a thing. domino effect? Yeah, but there's a, a domino name. chain. There's oh, a person. Oh, are you talking name. about the Rude, Rude, oh, Goldberg Rube, Rube Gold, Rude Goldberg? Something like yeah. that, yeah. Yes, that's it. He loves those. And there's actually this, these guys that that's their thing and they have a YouTube channel. Those are fun. Yeah. We watched a season where the guys who, like the hosts of the Mythbusters, started a like a branch off show. Where oh, it was cool. actually, it was two teams competing to make the most impressive Rube Goldberg machine. It was really fun to watch. Oh, I bet that is. Your family cool. would like that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we never pray. We're going to pray. <laughs> <laughs> I you got gotta... sidetracked with your unofficial sponsorship. Yeah. Of just, just do it. it. But wait like five minutes and, you know, talk about some other stuff first. Okay. Just pray. Just pray it. That doesn't just, make sense. Just pray. Just, just pray. pray. Just Stay pray. calm and pray on. That's a little derivative, but all right, let's pray. God, we thank you for this beautiful day, at least here in Alaska. We thank you for this summer and um, just for your presence. No matter what the weather is, God, you are in it. And we just pray that you would... Just give us focus, help us to um, just take this time to talk about our topic, which um, I don't remember right now, <laughs> but we just know that you're with us, God, no matter how scattered we are coming <laughs> into this podcast, um, you have something for us and, and this is a divine appointment and we just pray that you would guide and direct our conversations that you would help us to get what you want out of this and to glorify you and just help us to focus on you and to become um, just women of prayer in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> you're muted. I can see you talking, but you're muted. Oh, there I am. <laughs> Thanks. Um, we have our Just for Fun, which is going to tie into our subject, which I get to to be the spoiler this time, usually you're the one who kind of works in the topic. Well, and so. I was going to intentionally not say the topic just so I wouldn't uh, do that, you know, passive aggressive thing. But then I realized I don't even know the topic. It's not passive aggressive. Yeah, you know, it's my little, my way of getting it in. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So we're talking about spiritual housekeeping, which I think is going to be really, really cool. It's something you and I, Jamie, have talked a lot about just the, not quite symbols, but I can't think of a better way between just housekeeping and your spiritual life. I want to, yeah, the parallels like, between parallels those. is a better yeah. way to put it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not the type who's going to say like, what is it? Cleanliness is next, next to godliness. godliness. No, <laughs> like, no, no, it is not a reflection. Um, your housekeeping this, is not a reflection yes. on your spirituality. Exactly. Now I think for some people, maybe it can be for me. No, <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge any distinction. If my house is messy, that doesn't mean my, my spiritual life is in shambles. Right. But I think there are uh, parallels, even if you're not, you know, Marie Kondo or um, I don't know any other names like that. I was going to be all impressive. <laughs> like Martha a bunch Stewart. Of names. Would Martha Stewart I don't be know. considered? I, I don't know. She's more, more homemaking and cooking yeah. and decorating. Yeah. The, uh, the cleaning lady. I think there's someone, I'm sure there's somebody called the cleaning lady. I have no idea who she is. You know um, what? Actually, I'm going to do a shout out. I actually love this one. Um, there's this one podcast called a slob comes clean. Cute. Really cute. The, the, I, I don't remember the host's name, but she's really fun. So yeah, if you, she has like tips for decluttering and she shares her story of just, you know, basically going from chaos to becoming more organized, but she's just very real about it. Like 
anyway, yeah, go ahead. That's the kind I would need. Like I would not need somebody who like, I don't, I don't have a desire to live in a home where there's no smudges and fingerprints and sign of life. Do you know what I mean? Like that, just that, that, that to me, part of home is the, the, chaos <laughs> maybe that's not the right word the but comfort, you know this, the comfortable the, atmosphere of, yeah and the signs that this is a yeah. lived in home you yeah. know what I mean mm-hmm. um I would never like I would hate to live in a place that's constantly like on show for realtors or something where you have to like you're living there but oh. you have to pretend that someone's not living there like no I want my home to look and feel lived in do you see coffee behind me I do <laughs> hi coffee um so anyway I had a thing. Oh, that was going to lead into our just for fun. But oh, yeah. um, just because I love throwing things at you that are impromptu, uh, you talked about the coming clean. What is it? A slob comes clean. A slob so comes clean. We need to come clean with confessions. Yes, so I was thinking got? about that too. Um, man, I had a good one and I thought I'm going to share it when we record. And um, wouldn't it be fun if one day we just decided to make up confessions for each other? I'll be like, guys, <laughs> I have something really, really serious to talk to you about. <laughs> Jamie's having this crazy, intense struggle. She wants to come clean, but it's too hard for her to confess. So I'm, I'm going to have to be the one to tell you guys, Jamie drinks Folgers coffee. Gasp. I know. And then there was silence. <laughs> and we lose 500 listeners. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Including the people me. who like Folgers and are like, well, why are they being coffee snobs? <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's, you can't please everyone. You really can't. You really it would can't. Be, that would be the equivalent, the prayer equivalent or the confession equivalent of when you have um, like the talent show where you have the person sitting there with a smock and then you have someone behind them with their, their hands, but they can't see putting makeup on that person. <laughs> like that's just, that's what it reminded me of uh-huh. something like that, like virtual. Anyway, I don't even anyway. know. But do yeah, you have a real confession? I do. I have several real confessions. Um, I think one of them, uh, one of, oh, I know what it was. Oh, okay. We got to it. I could tell Girl. by your face. You're like, you're talking, you're happy. Like, and then it's, oh, the cloud comes over <laughs> negative self-talk. Oh, uh-huh. it has been so bad. And it's always a struggle for me. I, and you know, I, I did like this personality assessment that kind of was actually really telling, but one of the things that it, that it did was it kind of revealed the, propensity for someone of my personality type in that thing to, to, um, to have negative self-talk and to just be, um, to just, to just be hypercritical of myself and Mm -hmm. not the godly kind where you recognize something and you use it to bounce back. So what really helped me to see this was I was talking to my daughter who's actually in the room right now. She just came in. Um, and I was talking to her and she said something, she did something that she shouldn't have done. That was just a mistake. It wasn't like mm-hmm, disobedience. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake. Right, right. And she was very upset about it and Aww. just kind of negative self-talking herself. And I, I had to speak to her and say, Hey, you know, it was a mistake. Anyone could have done it. We need to learn from our mistakes. We need to take our mm-hmm. mistakes and just go forward better. And it was like, I was mm-hmm. preaching to myself. And from that point on, yeah. I really, I realized how much I've been doing that. And that has gone under the radar for a while. Cause I'm sometimes aware mm-hmm. of it, 
But yeah, yeah. so just negative self-talk and realizing that I am insulting God's daughter, you know, I'm sure. insulting Absolutely. myself. Are, yeah. And so, yeah, um, not to mention it keeps you bound and paralyzed from moving forward. I think it's a self-sabotage. Mm, for way. sure. Yeah. Like if you're always saying I can't keep a clean house, then mm. why are you going to even bother trying? Right. Um, so yeah. I was thinking about, I really enjoyed the conversation that we had about just sin and temptation and things like that. And kind of like, it almost felt like not quite triaging, but sort of just like an initial assessment of your temptation. So my question for you that I'm just kind of curious to talk through is like, what do we get? Like, what's the immediate reward? Because sin always does have an immediate reward. And so what is our immediate reward from terrible things about ourselves? Uh, let me think. So the immediate reward for negative self-talk is for me, I think it's that I get to insulting myself before someone else does. It's like a, like a so rescue you're kind of the one in, control in my of head. It, it's almost like, and you know, it's almost like I'm two people. And mm -hmm. if I get angry with myself, mm -hmm. then I can be the person in control. Do you know what I mean? Like that I'm obviously sense. not, I don't have a split personality, but the, the version of me that's like, Oh, how could you do that? You know, why, why would you do that? You dummy. Mm -hmm. Um, that person is rising up as like the, okay, well, if I did that thing, then my immediate reward would be now I can take control rather than owning what I did and moving mm -hmm. forward and changing it. There's right. a laziness involved because right, you're you don't escaping. have to change. No, right. you because say, you're yelling I, at that other version yeah. of yourself like, oh, you're so stupid. You know, this is how you are. Uh -huh. And so I don't know. I think maybe there's, first of all, you're escaping other people's opportunity to put you down mm -hmm. and you're also gaining power kind of like the same thing that we talked about another time about feeling powerful when you yell at your kids to get your frustration mm -hmm. out. Like right, yelling at right. Your, it's like yelling at your kid inside your head. Right. Your and self, you don't have you know? to do the constructive work of addressing what needs to be changed. You can right. just kind of throw a little fit. Have I told you about coffee's fits that she started to throw? From swimming? Yes. When yes. Take us to the oh, she, that's so She gets cute. this like warble in her throat where she'll like, I right. can't even copy it, but it's like just this hilarious sound she makes where like she's half crying, half, half howling at us. Oh, <laughs> she doesn't want to leave. That's when you take her away from the water. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, because she loves to so go cute. swimming. It's super cute. And anyway. she's a Springer Spaniel, so she's got like that mm -hmm. like hunting. I think so. Like I could totally see them being like used for duck. Like a bird like dog. Yeah. Retrieval or, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. That's oh, cute. that's so cute. Yeah. So for me, confession wise, oh, you know, I wanted to throw one more immediate thing. And this is, I, I loved your answer, but I, cause mine was a little more superficial, but I think sometimes I think especially as women, we're trained to like insult ourselves to kind of fish for compliments. Mm -hmm. I think like as a, can you remember in oh, junior high, that's a good you'll one. be like, Oh, I hate this shirt. And then you'd have four girls tell you how pretty your shirt really is. Right. And I think in a way it gets ingrained also just for, that's true. You know, like even if there's positive no one there. Feedback, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then we just, 
we're not even telling it to our gaggle of girlfriends now we're telling it to ourselves and then you know we're not getting that reward of oh no your shirt's beautiful but we're just used to that you know it's become a habit yeah but that's not my confession my confession um is a little bit more on the serious side too like all confession is serious but like sometimes it's just yeah i was a little like short-tempered this week, you know, like just kind of normal stuff. But I really do feel like I've gotten to where I'm back to kind of spiritually coasting. And I know you and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had our big move. I still am not feeling totally settled. We're still not like in a super set routine. And those are excuses that I make. <laughs> but for sure, there needs to be more kind of just deliberate um time with the Lord and realizing like, no, I can't do these things on my own. And I, I do daily needs to be, you know, spending time in the word, you know, like I'm praying still pretty regularly, but my Bible study time has gone really, 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 uh, in a backseat kind of position. And I've noticed that that's not something that can or should continue. Yeah. Well, I, and I have a similar thing too, where I just started reading this book called I Told the Mountain to Move by Patricia mm-hmm. Rabin. I've heard of it. And it's good. It's good. I'm only mm-hmm. about a third of the way through, but it's really good. And oh my, she's not only a great, I would love to have her on the podcast actually to interview her. invite her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she is not only a great um, communicator, but she's an, like, she's like not all authors are writers and you know especially in the nonfiction world you know mm-hmm. you write a book you tell a story of you know you instruct people on things she's right right a literary just great literary communicator mm-hmm. where she uses this beautiful mm-hmm. language and her mm-hmm. analogies and stuff are Aww. like so she's not only just an author but she's really a great writer and um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what I was really convicted of though was her talking about some of her her journey of prayer and where I'm always lacking in prayer really is like the marathon prayer, the really deep prayer, because like mm-hmm. you said, things get busy. You got kids, you got yeah. stuff, but it's not an excuse, you know? Yes. There are yeah. seasons of life and, but, but just some of the ways that she described connecting with God, I just realized mm. that those things I've really let slide just the being still yeah. before God. And so that's something that I want yeah. to strive for. And, you know, yeah. especially talking about prayer, it's really convicting when I come to the point regularly when I'm like, I have just spent way more time this week talking about prayer than I have actually praying. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And, you know, it's not like a stopwatch thing. It's it's not like God's going to take the minutes that you talk about it and weigh them against the minutes you do it. But right. yeah, we do need to, and I, that's one of the benefits of being the co-host together is it's a constant reminder that we need to make this the top priority really mm-hmm. of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Not that. the podcast, but the prayer. Yeah. <laughs> the podcast <laughs> Sorry, the is podcast everything. isn't my top priority. <laughs> It's it's up there, but yeah, there there are a couple things that, that come before the podcast. Just a few, um, like God, no, God, family, Your you husband. know, all those <laughs> <laughs> all those silly time sucks. Yeah, for real. <laughs> all right, so just for fun, if you could pick one housekeeping chore. Oh, I love this question. If you could pick one housekeeping chore and never, ever, 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 ever have to do it again, what would it be? Can I For, tell you mine while you're thinking? Yeah, tell me. You know I've got to think, right? Mine Even though I wrote this one. Cleaning the house. What was that? What's cleaning yours? Cleaning the house. Cleaning the house. Cleaning the house. 
There How about that? Go. Can I just, can that be my blanket short? <laughs> Absolutely. It's your answer. Perfect. You get well, to say whatever we you go. want. We, we settled it. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll come up with the real one, but let's hear yours. Well, I think mine is folding laundry, which it's kind of, it's, it's not exactly the truth because I just, what my MO is, I rarely have piles of dirty laundry. I almost always have piles of clean laundry, Mm -hmm. which is worse because then it just sits there and it gets wrinkly. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I I have not been able to get into a great system of folding. And yet I did read Marie Kondo's book Mm -hmm. and I began to fold clothes in the way that she describes. Mm -hmm. And it's so zen. It's so like, you know, like calming and Uh I love it. And she describes it as, you know, if you're folding your clothes in this very, you know, particular way before you put them away, you're able to smooth them out. You can look at them. You can see them. You can see if they need attention, which I mean, all my clothes need attention. I don't go shopping that often, but Mm -hmm. there's something very calming about, it's almost like doing origami or, okay. you know, folding things and like symmetry and interesting. It's very Japanese American. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> sure. And it's, yeah, but except for the fact that it takes time and yeah, yeah. I, and space to do it. And so because of that, I'm in this quandary where I, Hey, it rhymes quandary rhymes with laundry. laundry. This- you should write a book called the laundry quandary and That's it can right. be all about like how Christian women should fold their clothes. I was, yeah, that's right. To be a Proverbs 31 woman. That's right. I could do a rap. Actually, my first thought was a rap. Oh, I like that. I like that better. Anyway, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so there's there's this quandary where I really enjoy folding the laundry. I like the way I fold the laundry and fit it into the drawers. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to give that job to the kids. And right, but that's the lazy way of saying it takes too much time to teach the kids how to fold the laundry and put it away. So I- I, that's my, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. Five people in the mm-hmm. house. I need to get the kids involved. Yeah. Anyway, how about you? What is your one? Well, task? you know, I don't do the dishes. Our kids, they rotate. We've got three kids and they're all old enough to do dishes. So once a week, you know, they've got a, their job is doing dishes. If that weren't the case, I would not want to do dishes daily. I actually don't mind laundry. Um, I'm not super careful about like folding it. Basically I wash the clothes and then I tell the kids, Hey, come get your clothes. Um, so I don't mind laundry's the one area where it doesn't feel too much. Like I, I guess I've kind of got just a rhythm and it's, it goes okay. And some of that's because I don't care how they end up. As long as my kids have clothes, it's on them, how they want to store them. Yeah. But, and, um, yeah. And I'm not like bothered by the clothes, but I, yeah. I definitely need to like, that definitely sounds like a good plan of just saying, guys, here are your clothes, take them, mm-hmm. do what you want yeah. with them. Cause the alternative yeah, is they end up in a pile and not Marie no, Kondo folded. I know, I know. So basically, like, I don't do the dishes, so that's okay. I don't mind the laundry, so that's okay. So really, for me, it's just anything that involves, like, the scrubbing, anything that, like, should use something more than just soap and water. Like, I don't like using chemicals, but I also know that um, that's the way to get things looking clean. <laughs> so really, like, for me, it probably would be just kind of that once a week, once over, just getting things kept up. I'm yeah, not a fan of deep cleaning. I'm I'm fine like if it's just a counter that needs to be wiped down, totally fine with that. If it gets much right. beyond that where it says it should be sanitized or bleached, I'm like, eh, I don't like doing this. Yeah. So that's probably I don't know what you would even call that other than yeah, just kind of deep that cleaning. once over. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Alrighty. So well, how in the world does all of this tie into our prayer lives? So I, I really was thinking, and we've talked about just your, your home being a metaphor for your spiritual life. So mm-hmm. what we're going to do today is just kind of go through and take each room of the house, each of the basic rooms in all of our homes, and come up with some questions that you can ask yourself to identify some areas that might need to be dusted off or looked at more closely. I so for example, and do you know what, well, yeah. do you know what this reminds me of when what? we were moving in? So we've only been here. We've been here like slightly over two weeks now. And that might be like, if you're doing the math because you're listening, just remember Jamie and I are back to kind of recording in batches. So like, it might be later. This episode might be coming out like five months after the one that we just did. We're like, yeah, we just moved. So anyway, as of right now, when we're recording, we've been here for two weeks and I realized you and I kind of have this, I almost want to call it a ritual it's or a, a tradition. tradition. It is. Where when, when Alana's family moves, which has been quite a few times, um, you know, once we get unpacked, you and I kind of go through each room and pray through it. We do it on the phone. Like you're, mm-hmm. we live hours away from each other now, but maybe like we could kind of do a short example of that at the end, if you wouldn't mind, because yeah, that's a great to idea. Me, that is actually a super special time and it has become a, a really special tradition. Yeah. Oh, that would Alrighty. be great. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you take the lead because I know you kind of have the outline going. So where are we starting? Um, start in the kitchen, I figured, um, because when you mm-hmm. think of the kitchen, it's where you have food and yeah. I think of spiritual food, God's word. Oh, for sure. Well, and having just moved, the kitchen's is always what we pack last and unpack mm-hmm. first. Right. Because, you, you know, it it's so really much. hard. Yeah. You use it so much. Mm-hmm. So just some questions that you can ask about your spiritual kitchen is what kind of spiritual food is your family eating? Um, like what you were just sharing about in your confession time, have I been consuming God's word regularly or yeah. has my family, you know, I know I've let that go quite a bit lately with mm-hmm. summer. I just feel like everything has just been kind of lax and yeah, I it's like the equivalent of junk food or just freezer meals or things like yeah. that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, I, it, we're not taking in God's word together as much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you answer the questions? This is one thing that I I have to sometimes, I, I've kind of gotten into a habit of it, but I kind of have to sometimes remind myself, do I answer the questions my kids have about everyday life or problems that they're having? Do I look to biblical truth to answer those questions? Or do I just give them like the usual worldly advice? And, you know, that could be from any, from anything, conflicts with kids. Like sometimes I'm mm. tempted if, if, if there's a conflict, um, if a teacher is treating my kid unfairly or not, not doing a good thing, or if, if um, mm-hmm. you know, you have an issue with something, my, my temptation is to be like, oh, well that stinks rather than, well, let's look right. at this in a biblical way. You know, let's, mm-hmm, let's pray mm-hmm. through this. Let's look at this. How can you respond in a way that would glorify God and just little right. things like that. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's really cool. I know that like, especially like this is a, a perfect timely thing, like having just moved and being thinking about our house mm-hmm. and the setup. Cause I know like the week we moved in the, the week, once we got settled in, like we had so much just quick and easy meals. Like I know it came up once, like what food, I think it was like, what food don't you like or something? And like, mm-hmm. I'm weird. Cause I don't like pizza. Like, cause for me, pizza's the last resort. It's what you do when there's no time and it's mm-hmm. not a treat. It's like a, it's a concession. It's like, here guys, mm-hmm. I had no idea what else to get for you. Here's a pizza. Right. Um, 
And yeah, I feel like it's hard because yes, your family can survive on frozen pizza. And it, it is for most people kind of, it feels like an exciting treat and your family's not going to starve, but you're not getting the nourishment you need. And I think like mm-hmm. the equivalent of that spiritually is, yeah, you can survive by just going to church on Sunday and sending your kids to Sunday school. Your kids are not going to wither up and die. They're not going to wilt in front of your eyes like a flower that's not getting watered. And in a way that's almost worse, like than having the immediate, um, that's, that's kind of my problem with my spiritual life really is I can coast for a decent amount of time before I realize, oh man, like if I go a week without my vitamins, I feel it. And it's a constant reminder, like stop forgetting to take your vitamins Mm -hmm. because it's, it's a more immediate thing, but you can go for quite a while on the spiritual equivalent of frozen pizza before you necessarily notice the results. Yeah. And that can be tricky for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you want to take the next room? I will. Or do we want to talk more about the kitchen? No, I think that, well, you know, kitchen, like, I think it takes prep time. It takes planning ahead so that, you know, it's not 10 minutes before dinner time and you're like, what should I do? Mm, Um, And I feel like our spiritual lives, yeah, it takes a little bit of advanced planning. I think about the episode we recorded on Atomic Habits. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Setting your Bible and your journal out in your favorite spot right by the coffee the night before that takes what, like an extra 45 seconds out of the day, mm-hmm. but it can set you up just that tiny bit of planning and prep. I know we're living farther away from easily like running to the grocery store now that we're more rural. And so like I'm getting into some more like kind of freezer meals, menu planning, like it takes time to get it started, but then it means that you've got the, um, you know, you don't end up at that 10 minutes before dinner and just grabbing that frozen pizza because there's nothing else, you know. Um, mm-hmm. This episode is not sponsored by frozen pizza. <laughs> we should make that <laughs> pretty clear. Or <laughs> Nike. Sponsor us. Or Nike. That's right. That's right. <laughs> or sorry, it's not sponsored by Marie Kondo either. <laughs> oh, darn it. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question though. I read, I have not read Marie Kondo's book. Um, People don't know what we're talking about. What is it? The magical art of tidying up or something like that. It's something most like people that. have heard of it. It's become this big old thing. It's, it's an organizational system. Mm-hmm. I have heard, and you know, often I, I take these type of headlines with a grain of salt. I just, since you have read it, I want your opinion. I heard that some Christians feel like it's a little bit, um, some Christians have a problem with it in that like she almost does make a religion out of cleaning. What the one, do you have an opinion about that? I do. And you know, I don't know that she makes a religion out of cleaning, but she does bring in the thing that, that I didn't, I think I did read it in the book. Cause I read the book before the series came out and then I watched mm-hmm. the series. Mm-hmm. She does this little thing where at the beginning of each home that she enters, she like bows down and meditates a little bit and like mm-hmm. feels the energy of the house and got it. Okay. You know, welcomes the house. So it definitely is Some not a could be problematic with that, but you know, it's sure. interesting. Doesn't Jesus tell us to, when you enter a home to give that home, your blessing, he mm. doesn't say bless the people in the home. He says, when you enter a home, give the home your blessing. So interesting food for thought. 
No pun intended. I know. Since we're talking about the kitchen. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, but I, yeah, I could, there's definitely some Eastern. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Spiritualism mm-hmm, interwoven mm-hmm. that I could yeah. definitely tell people. So, yeah. Read take it, it with a grain of maybe. salt or don't yeah, read it. Sure. It's totally yeah. fine. Yeah. I was just curious about that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, you really do need to get on that laundry quandary book so that we can provide a more um, okay. Hold on, let me write that nice version. I know, <laughs> and the wrap. You got to get the wrap in. <laughs> All right. So the living room. Um, how you spend your leisure time? Okay, I'm going to let you do this because you're the one who wrote the thing, and it feels weird for me because I haven't even looked at your outline. So tell us about the living room. I just thought of the living room as the place where you spend your leisure time. So Mm -hmm. just thinking about activities, how are you spending your downtime? And um, is there too much activity? Is there Mm. not enough activity? Um, What kinds of, what kinds of things, what kinds of leisure activities are you filling your mind with? Mm -hmm. Like whether it's books, Mm -hmm. movies, podcasts, news outlets, um, ask yourself, are those things building you up in your spirit or are they, um, tearing you down? Like if, if you enjoy social media, that's not a sin, but are you consuming too much of it or what or are you looking at like? it? Yeah. With a gossipy kind of, Oh yeah. Uh, that's another gossipy eye. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and also how do you feel when you come away from it? Because I know there are times when, right. I use social media and I'm very uplifted depending on who I'm following, depending on who's mm-hmm. posting to read. But there are other times when I read it and certain seasons where I just come away feeling burdened and mm-hmm. heavy and angry or sad right. or hopeless mm-hmm. or depressed about, you know, the, the standard, you know, Instagram mom pictures mm-hmm. Instagram stuff. envy yeah you know envy. is that a word what is the what's the word insta envy insta envy I'm certain it has yeah been used yeah. so yeah no yeah. that's a really good way to look at it again none of these things are wrong but I, I love that question of how do they leave you feeling are they building you up I think one litmus test you could run it through is Philippians for you know whatever's lovely and true and mm-hmm. admirable those kinds of things. Like if it's, if it's inspiring, if it's beautiful, um, in my opinion, it doesn't have to be necessarily Christian for it to meet those criteria. And some people are maybe going to disagree with me, you know, but I could watch a beautifully created movie and come away feeling uplifted and inspired. And you know what, maybe that was even a worshipful experience mm-hmm. watching that, you know? So in my mind, it's not like, I, I'm not the type who's like, will only consume Christian entertainment, but right. I love that question of, is it, is it building you up? Is it leaving you with that sense of awe and wonder and encouragement? Or is it just like, I want to see what my you know, ex-boyfriend's daughter looks like, so I can laugh at her new braces, you know, like dumb things like that. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that wasn't too mean, but that, that was actually kind of mean. <laughs> little girl with her braces. <laughs> no, this episode I, is not sponsored by orthodontia. <laughs> well, it's funny. It, it sounded like off the wall enough that it, we know that that really wasn't what you do. So I think that oh, was no, that's safe. not what I do. <laughs> that was safe. Okay, good. 
Well, and I think the level of activity too. So do you, are you doing too much activity? Do you have time to be still? Like, do you have Mm -hmm. white space in your life? So important. Yes. And even for your family, like how Mm -hmm. is your family doing with that? Because I know before the lockdown, you guys were like crazy busy. And then you had the lockdown where it was like screeching halt. Mm -hmm. Where do you feel you're at now? I think we're at a good point. The kids are the kids are doing a few activities, limited activities. Um, we have we definitely filled in that space with Zoom meetings. So yeah. whether it was for mm-hmm. school, um, music mm-hmm. lessons, school's not on right now, but they're doing music lessons um, each week that they do have appointments mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we are doing pretty well. My only complaint, I'm glad that we got the dog because he has mm-hmm. provided more white space because Cause you I, gotta be home. You can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I fell into some bad habits, just allowing them like after school got out, um, I just kind of let them go and just do whatever mm-hmm. they wanted. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that would involve electronics. Mm-hmm. And so what I, I feel the need to kind of pair back some of that and be like, okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's spend some of that time, you know, allowing them to know what it's like to have downtime and white space For sure. to sit yeah. and, and to find ways to do that. And so now we have a puppy so they can play with mm-hmm. him and he can't mm-hmm. really go for long walks yet because he hasn't been Aww. vaccinated and there are lots of, you know, lots of dogs in the neighborhood and uh-huh. so he can't like, but he can, you know, they, they can walk him around the house yeah. and play with him yeah. in the backyard Cute. and stuff. So that has created what, you know, that, that to me is a form of white space. For sure. It really is. We're doing something similar. So we have um, an electronic fence that we got set up last week. Oh, you were telling us about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's cool is like, it takes a lot of training. It's like the most focused we've ever been on like dog training over like, you know, weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's been really fun. Like usually it's my youngest to me. We go out like three times a day. A lot of it is getting her used to like playing in the area. And mm-hmm. so some of it's just like, let's play fetch for 20 minutes. So but she knows, kind of, hey, this is safe. I can play in here and I won't get shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there were times like she got shocked once and then she didn't want to play at all. And it was really sad, oh. <laughs> you know, so getting her used to being like the boundary lines are bad. There's little flags. So she knows oh, those good. are bad, but everything in the middle is good. And it's a huge, it's a huge space. Um, and so like a lot of what we're doing is just getting her used to playing in that space and not out of it. And it's been really, really fun because it's something where we have to go outside you know, mosquitoes or no mosquitoes, we've got to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple like uncomfortably hot days, but we're still, you know, we got to go out there. So I was actually thinking of maybe even like once she's totally trained on that, maybe even like doing some agility training or something oh, that yeah. kind of has the same thing where it's like, you got to do this every day. It gets us outside. It gets us away from the electronics. And there's, there's more of a purpose. Like, cause before I would just be like, yeah, take the dogs outside and run around with them. Right. Um, you know, which is fun, but this feels, I think, especially as the kids get older, it's a little bit more rewarding when there's an actual reason to, there to be doing something. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I bet she would do great with agility too. Just, I think she would like a really smart little dog. She's, she's very smart. She's fun to watch. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, just, yeah. Watching her personality blossom. That's neat. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else about the living room? I guess, you know, so I'm thinking about when, 
one of the early episodes of the Mindful Christian Prayer podcast, which just has like basically prayer routines you can go through. One of the first ones was praying through your home. And one of the things that I focused on for the living room was also just like prayers for your, your family time or the people that do come over, praying for just the people you interact with, I think is another good way to, when you're thinking about your living room, like, um, I know we talked about it once, but for people who have a really hard time staying focused in their prayers, Mm -hmm. this is one routine I love to do at night. And it's basically like walk myself mentally through the rooms of my house. Because then like when I do get distracted, I can just say, okay, now what room was I in? And then I just go on from there. So, you know, I'll still get distracted five times a minute, but I can kind of ask myself, okay, where was I? And actually have a location to name that. So when I'm praying for the living room, that's another thing that comes up just for the the relationships, the family relationships, the social relationships, the people who come over, that kind of thing. Yes. I think that's really good. And I'm trying to think if I included that in the dining room the dining room uh, is supposed uh, to be discipleship and christian fellowship but right the fellowship but, side of it but for not sure just just friendships and relationships i mm-hmm. think i think the living yeah. room is probably probably a good place to include that too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah so let's move on we've got the dining room so we've got yeah just that idea of discipleship fellowship i think that's yeah. a great way to look at that i think so i just we always used our, when we had our, a life group that would come to mm-hmm. our house, sometimes we would always be at the dining room table because it was bigger. And I just thought Christian fellowship, sharing meals together. Are you being, so are you being discipled yourself in some way mm-hmm. by older, more mature believers? Are you investing in the spiritual growth of others? Um, and that could include your children also and not to, they, they count too. And the other question that kind of hits home to me sometimes is, are you neglecting your children's discipleship while pouring into other people or into ministries? And (laughs) that sometimes is a weak spot for me. Um, Right. Are you making time for relationships? That's another thing is I- That's a hard one, especially right now in a lockdown, you know, like it's- it's a it's a real concern, but it's also a convenient excuse mm-hmm. of, you know, like we have not, we're, we're living in a community that we have lived in before, and we've been here two weeks and have not reestablished connections yet with people. And my excuse is, well, you know, there's still this pandemic going on, you know, we don't want to be the ones who bring something in from, you know, the outside community. But again, like you can only can only rely on that excuse for so long before it just mm-hmm. becomes an excuse. Right. And you can even just calling someone, I'm horrible about yeah. that, but you could just <laughs> pick up the phone, call somebody and have, have yeah. a conversation that way. It doesn't have to be in person even. True. Um, true. And so that, yeah. So the question is what's getting in the way of that, of those meaningful relationships or of that discipleship um, and you know, on both ends of discipleship, being I like discipled, that, yeah. spending mm-hmm. time with people, whatever, and, and discipling. Yeah. Others. I've heard a neat quote. It was like, everybody should have a, what was it? A Paul, a Silas, and a Timothy. I think mm-hmm. it was like, basically, oh, you should yeah. have a mentor, you should have a brother or sister, and you should have a mentee. Oh, I like you that. Know, kind of that sort of thing. Yeah. Or no, it wasn't. It was, who was the one, his name starts with an A, and Ananias, not the one who... Who got you know dropped dead? But yeah. the one who was um, 
who brought Paul in initially, right? And shared the gospel with Paul initially. So basically like everybody should have somebody that acts as a mentor to them spiritually, somebody like you and me where we have fellowship together spiritually, and then somebody that we're pouring into, like Paul poured into Timothy, you know, someone that we're raising up in the faith. I have not really done well pursuing a spiritual mentor for myself in quite a while. Um, that again, like some of it is just like we've moved a lot. And so it's, you know, it's hard to maintain relationships. Some of it is, um, yeah, life and busyness. And some of it I'm sure is pride and saying like, well, you know, this isn't a priority for me right now. I'm doing fine. You know, without that, what about you? Do you have someone that you would say is kind of a a regular mentor for you? There is, there's one couple that are, that are just really, I respect them so much. They, when I wrote my book, um, Malnourished, they were very Mm -hmm. instrumental in giving me feedback. And, um, and so the, the wife, um, Mm -hmm. is definitely someone that I consider a mentor. And I have a couple, I have a couple of, of women that are older than me Mm -hmm. that I talk to on the phone, but that I have not got, I have really wanted to get together with them and talk Mm -hmm. to them, but, um, it's crossed my mind. I should probably be pursuing them more as mentors and just bringing tough questions to them and asking, cause I, I Mm -hmm. haven't, I look to them as people that I go to when I have problems or for wisdom, um, Mm -hmm. but I don't actively pursue that. I would say um, my mother-in-law is definitely Mm -hmm. a mentor Mm -hmm. to me, and she's probably my number one go-to person when I need prayer for something or when I need Mm -hmm. advice that I know will be godly wisdom and not emotionally driven. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't always like, I, I think I need to be more intentional about that because yeah. I pick and choose a lot of times when I go to them for things. And I think maybe I need mm-hmm. to be inviting them into things that I think I've got a handle on. Right. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I've done in my business life, like I've got business coaches and I've got business mentees, you know, people who I'm coaching. And sometimes what I love is, um, like not when I've got a specific problem, I need you to help me through and find a solution. Sometimes what I love even more than that is just, here's what's been going on. Let's chat about it. And, and that kind of creates that white space, mm-hmm. like what you were talking about for things that you didn't know that you were supposed to be paying attention to, you know? So like my business coach might say, well, have you thought about this? I'm like, I didn't even know that was supposed to be on my radar, right. <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, I, I feel like in the spiritual world, yeah, just having a little bit more communal time, like just fellowship time will allow some of those things to come up as opposed to just that person you call when you have a specific question or prayer request or need or something like that. Yeah. Well, in a lot of ways, even though we're peers, I feel like you have mentored me in several ways, especially with just time management and questions mm-hmm. that I have and mm-hmm. spiritual things too. Like you've played that role for me, even though. Yeah, but it's a totally you know, different hat. Like we've, we've made it, it almost, um, we've made it a distinction. Yeah. Cause like, and I, I think we even at the time when, when we were doing a lot of that, like mm-hmm. we had a name for it, it was different. We did. 
Yeah. 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 Where it was like, you know, official coaching. Cause you know, I coach authors, but things that comes up a ton is just time management, productivity. And I, I forget mm-hmm. even how it came about, but yeah, like I, I gave you basically the same type of coaching that I give someone who was paying me to do it, but, but we kept it, we found a way to make it kind of distinctive so mm-hmm. that yeah, I, I forget exactly how. And you've done the same for me. I've been like, I'm, I need to just throw a bunch of plot ideas at you. That's <laughs> you so know, fun. I'm glad you enjoy it. <laughs> so yeah, you no, know, for sure. Like for us, it does go both ways, um, which I think again, kind of falls into that, you know, Paul and Silas mm-hmm. type of thing. You know, hopefully you and I don't have a major massive split like they did or falling out. But. I hadn't thought of that. Oh no. <laughs> I heard a, a really interesting sermon. It was called How to Have a Good Church Split. And it was all about Paul and Silas. And the takeaway was actually like, and I don't think he was saying like, this is how it is. It was like, just here's another way that maybe we can look at it. Mm-hmm. Maybe neither of them were in the wrong. Maybe right. God was calling Silas this way and God was calling Paul this way. And he knew that they just got along so well that there needed to be something to kind of mm-hmm. push them in the directions they were meant to go. As opposed to like most of the time when I hear people talking about it, it's, well, this one was at fault or that one was at fault. Right. Are you on this- team Silas or team Paul? <laughs> well, and how unspiritual is it to like take Silas's side <laughs> over Paul's? Do you know what I mean? Um, so I'd like to look at it that way. And, and it wasn't quite like, this is how it is, but it was just like, you know, maybe they were both where God wanted them to be. And this was God's way of getting them where they were supposed to go. Yeah. No, I think that's a very good way to look at it because there are mm-hmm. times when people that care about each other and our brothers or sisters in Christ mm-hmm. have these times where it yeah. may not look pretty and there could be disagreements, mm-hmm. but there's, yeah, definitely maybe a reason for going different directions and for doing sure. it in a way that honors God. Yes. Yes. And that's kind of what it was is there's a way to have disagreements that are so severe that maybe you do even, if not like totally break fellowship, then like part ways, mm-hmm. but a way to do that so that God is still glorified. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. Mm -hmm. So there's the dining room. Yes. Anything else you wanted to mention about that? No, I think that's good. Just to ask yourself, when's the last time you had a below the surface discussion or prayer time with another believer? I think that's a key question Mm -hmm. to ask. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one thing to hang out with your Christian friends, but when, when's the last, and and there's a time for that. You don't have to always be super serious and spiritual. Yeah. But right. when is the last time? And just kind of litmus test yourself. Mm. Okay, has it been too long? Do I need to pursue someone for that kind of fellowship? Yeah. yeah. It's been too long. I think you and I, we should plan, since we're getting a tiny bit ahead on recording, maybe next week we'll just do yeah. a, an unrecorded, let's just talk and pray because it's been a while. Time. It has. It has. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know when I think of the dining room and my kind of prayer routine, it's another thing that I pray for is just kind of for the provision you know, Mm -hmm. like give us a stay, our daily bread. I feel like if nothing else, this whole, like everything that 2020 has brought to us, it just reminds us that like things are more precarious than what we tend to believe when the pantry's full and the fridge is full and the grocery store has everything we need. And so it's just, it's a good reminder that, yeah, we're, we're meant to pray for our daily bread Mm -hmm. and to recognize that each day that you can sit down and have food on the table is a, is a blessing. 
Yeah. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, now we get to talk about the bathroom. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to get gross about it. I just getting clean. That's yes. the focus I'm taking, not evacuating your <laughs> horrible things. See, I went there, didn't I? I meant not <laughs> you to go You just to- went there. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. I think in the bathroom, I just picture the shower and, yeah, cleaning off. And, the like, I'd say out of all the rooms, the bathroom's actually the one that has the e- – it's the easiest to draw spiritual parallels to. It is. And I wasn't even thinking about, like, toilet stuff. I was just thinking about jumping in the shower. Yeah. Come on, Jamie. Where's Did your mind? I have the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, all right. So the, the question is: Are you confessing regularly? I think confession is what I think about. Is For are sure. you confessing? And when is the last time that you um, that you a confessed sin you were aware of? Mm-hmm. B um, asked God to reveal hidden sin because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot that we don't know. I forget a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, conveniently forget. Let's say <laughs> yes. Um, and then, you know, do you believe another question is to say, do you believe that you've been forgiven for the things that you're aware mm-hmm. of and have confessed, or do you have yeah. any feelings of guilt or condemnation? Cause I think that's a big part of confession that we forget sometimes mm-hmm. is yes, it's good to confess and repent and turn away, but we mm-hmm. have to walk in it. We have to walk in the forgiveness we or we can still be bound even when we go through the motions. For sure. It's like the person who takes a shower and then like immediately they still feel dirty. They still feel like they've got germs all over. Um, and we, we do need to just kind of recognize because eventually like you're kind of making God out to be a liar. If you keep mm. saying, Oh God will never forgive me for this. And he's saying, you know, what? I forgave you the very first time you asked. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you kind of persist and I, you know, I know that there are things that we regret. There are things that weigh heavy on us, but I feel like if we live there for too long, we're basically saying, God, I don't believe that you actually were telling the truth mm. when you said that you would forgive me. Yeah. That's kind of goes back to the, you know, when you negative self-talk yourself, you're really, you're negative self-talking God's daughter. Yes. When you refuse to forgive yourself, mm-hmm. you're refusing to A, believe that God forgave you and B, you're refusing mm-hmm. to forgive God's daughter. You know, it's like you're, yeah. you need to take yourself out of the equation sometimes if your temptation yeah. is to, to negate yourself and your value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then let's not do the opposite. Let's not be the person who's like, oh no, I'm clean. I'm fine. And like, mm-hmm. you're filthy dirty. <laughs> You know, I think it could, you know, people can err in either extreme. And like, I I love shower time is a time to just like when you're physically in the shower to make that a kind of prayer reminder Mm -hmm. to ask for that cleansing and that forgiveness. And it's a really good picture too. Like it's going down that drain. Like it's not, once you've been washed from it, it's not on you anymore. Mm -hmm. And that can be a good symbol as well. I actually heard one of our like medical professionals for the um, the municipality of Anchorage was talking about COVID and hand sanitizer and washing hands. And he was saying, you know, think of washing your hands as the one chance that you have to kill this virus. Like you're not just mm-hmm. neutralizing it. You're not just washing it down the drain. You're killing it. Mm-hmm. Like the act of washing your hands is... Yeah breaking apart these, you know, virus units and killing Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's the same thing with, you know, think about this confession as the opportunity to kill and, and neutralize Mm -hmm. that sin because it's 
Yeah. I love that. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like some people, another parallel you can make is like some people don't want to go to God with their sin because mm-hmm. they feel it's so disgusting. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's just, that's the person who doesn't want to walk past the bathroom mirror to get into the shower because mm-hmm. they feel too dirty. Yeah. And that's totally the opposite of, you know, we should be excited to jump in that shower <laughs> to have our, our sin exposed and then to get cleaned from it. Mm-hmm. Cool. I spent a week um, with a friend. It was, I think it was like my spring break. And so I went to visit a friend who went to a Christian college and in their bathroom in all the stalls, in all the shower stalls was just this laminated poster. It said, pray naked. I thought it was cute. That's cute. See, that would be another slogan shirt. We need to start our line, our own we- line of like, you know, mildly controversial Christian t-shirts. <laughs> pray naked. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, what was the, I can't remember. Do you remember like there was this line of t-shirts? It was like real so-and-sos do it this way. Do you remember those? I forget exactly what they were like. I don't remember. It was like, I, it yeah. It vaguely rings a bell. Anyway, we could be like real prayer warriors. I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't want to give away all of our That's trade right. secrets That's right. before we open up our... <laughs> Virtual store. Our t shirt vault. All right. The bedroom. What do you want to talk about here? I just thought of rest. Are you mm. making time for Sabbath rest or is yeah. every day just another version of busy? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to ask the question when is the last time your mind was still? Mm-hmm. When is the last time you were still? I, I have a personal yeah. problem with creating a mindset of busyness. And even when I'm not actively busy, I feel Mm -hmm. busy and I feel like there's, because my mind is thinking of all the things that need to be done. And there's a time to turn that off and there's a time. Oh, for sure. To just really rest. So. Well, and we've had a mic drop moment and it's so funny because I think you attribute the quote to me, but I'm, I I do believe the quote should be attributed to you. And it probably just came about some time when we were talking like busyness is a state of mind. Like busyness is not a real thing. Like there's, there's truly not, you can't look at a calendar and say like busyness doesn't exist. Um, and there's like my 24 hours is the same as your 24 hours. This minute is exactly the same length of time as the last minute. And somehow in there is like this just kind of epiphany of you don't need to rush. Rushing doesn't make things happen faster or more more efficiently. And I think if I do kind of adopt any sort of Marie Kondo S, just kind of like minimalist tendency, it's actually my time management. It's like Mm. a time for everything and everything in its time. No, my housekeeping doesn't reflect that. But for me, it's um, like being able to just strip down to the bare essentials, asking yourself, like, I know she's got this thing, like, does this bring joy? Another way, like, is this something that God wants me to be doing? You know, Mm. and if it's not, the answer is no there. Um, I think, yeah, looking at rest is huge for sure. I think there's also kind of a a false doctrine out there of if I'm not busy, then I'm not valuable. Oh, for sure. I fall into that trap. It's like, if you're not doing, it's like, we almost like to brag about how busy we are. We do. We wear it like this. Yeah. Yeah. We wear it like a badge of honor for sure. 
And that's why so many people in Western culture are so stressed out and that Mm -hmm. causes so many health problems and spiritual problems and relationship problems. And, you know, we have Jesus as an example of just getting away from the crowds and Mm -hmm. spending time just alone in prayer. And, you know, if, if Jesus did it, I I don't feel like any of us can say, I don't need to do that. Or, you know, the whole like, "Eh, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of, you know, just sort of that mentality. It's like, no, actually you need to sleep every day. (laughs) Right. And, and the word Sabbath, you know, I, I feel like it doesn't have to mean every single Sunday you clear your schedule because obviously for pastors and people that work in the church, that's not a rest the day. The busiest day, yeah. It could be the mm-hmm. busiest day of their week. But what, you know, go to God and ask him to help you shape what does Sabbath look like in my life? What does Sabbath rest mean? Mm-hmm. And how do I create that? And and how should that look? Because it's, it is, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. And sure. whatever that means, I think it, it can be interpreted as, you know, a relationship between you and God. You can figure that out. But it can't True, be but I think it, I think it does like, no, it doesn't have to be Friday sunset to, you know, Saturday, right. you know, but I, I do think it needs to be one day out of seven. And if you work some kind of funky schedule where you're like 10 on five off, like if you work right. a funny, then you need to kind of do your Sabbath in arrears, you know, mm-hmm. like if you've worked two weeks and I said, okay, give yourself a minimum two full days off. Um, mm-hmm. like I think there's flexibility there and room for interpretation, but I, I really strongly believe that you don't want to mess much with that. At least one in seven is a bare minimum. Well, it, it seems like it was intentional that God yeah, revealed absolutely. it in that way. Mm-hmm. And there does yeah. seem to be a rhythm to our absolutely. lives that reflect that mm-hmm. that is like even scientifically probably really important. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would think so too. Awesome. You know, when I, when I go through kind of my mental prayer walk through the house, um, another thing that I think of a lot in the bedroom is like prayers for safety, mm-hmm. because like you're at your most vulnerable crimes and home invasions are yeah. usually at night. Do you know what I mean? So it's a good yeah. time to also to just remember, like, don't take your safety for granted and to continue to pray for that protection, both spiritual and physical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Ooh, I like this. You had closet on here. That's never one that I uh, added to my mental list. So tell me about the closet. It just made me think of a prayer closet. How's your prayer closet? What is it? What is it? Are you, how often are you talking to God? Um, and I think two big questions to think about are what is the biggest barrier in your life to prayer? And it could be many, many things. It could be guilt because mm-hmm. I know, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you might just feel like, oh, I haven't talked to God in so long and now I really need to, but I don't want to go to him just for this one thing. That would be right. bad. Is it time? Is it like that mm. you're not prioritizing it? Is it distractions? Is it motivation? Yeah. What are your barriers to I love that tune? What would you say is your biggest barrier right now? I think for me, it's time management and prioritization and boundaries. That's several things, but they all really are the same thing. They're all kind of interconnect, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a really hard time when my kids are home not being absorbed into them and just Mm -hmm. kind of becoming like an extension of them. And Hmm. I just, it's hard for me because I, uh, it's it's hard for me to create boundaries and to say, 
uh, like I just, it didn't, it doesn't occur to me to, Hey, I could go for a walk by myself. My kids are old enough. I could do that and pray Mm -hmm. or, um, I can tell them don't, I mean, obviously I'm in this podcast room podcasting, so I'm away from it now. Um, Yeah. I could do that to pray. I could do that mm-hmm, to read my Bible. Mm-hmm. I could do that yeah. to X, mm-hmm. Y, or Z. So I think yeah. that's my biggest thing is making prayer a priority and um, housework. Like I get overwhelmed by the idea of housework because I feel like there's so many things that still need to be organized and mm-hmm. and and gotten under control. And I get sucked in and absorbed into those things so that my tasks become uh more of time of a of a time sucker than and even just prayer. the like the psychological impact of knowing that you feel like there are 20 things you could or should be doing right it's that, that mindset of busyness yeah yeah no it makes sense like i I haven't worked a nine to five job. Do you know what I mean? So there was, and I don't love travel. So part of me is like, why do people get so obsessed with their vacation time? But now like I get it because you're away from those distractions. You know, you might think, man, I really need to clean out this closet. But when you're 3000 miles away, you can't. (laughs) And some people like they have to be that drastic to get like that removed from those types of distractions. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I honestly don't feel like I've got anything to add to that, but I love that question. Like what's the barrier? And I think for me right now, it probably is just um, pent up stress, which, you know, like prayer should be the antidote to that. But like, you know me and it, it very clearly came out in our episode about like what you should have in your prayer closet. Like I, I pray from a sense of like coziness and comfort and we're still kind of arranging things to feel cozy and comfortable. So this doesn't like even my office, like it doesn't have the same type of warm inviting feel as the office I had before that I was more used to, you know? So for me, it's just a little bit of that. Like I I feel pretty tightly wound up from the move Mm -hmm. and have, I, I need to like shed that, um, in order to kind of get to a place where I feel more relaxed and just have that kind of cozy feeling back, you know, like, no, prayer is not about the cozy feeling, but I know for me, it helps when I feel, you know, at home, it helps me. So that's kind of where it is now. And I notice that sound carries way more in our house. <laughs> Like, I don't know if you can hear my kids. Like, we don't have any carpets. And so, like, every, like the whole house feels like an echo chamber. And so, it also feels like I can be in my office with the door shut, but it, it doesn't feel oh, like the same. it's not as insulated. It's not. And, and I think that, like, m- mentally, I'm aware of that, too. Like, I don't feel yet like I can just shut the door and, and be in, like, a totally different world like I used to. No, that – I could see that being definitely, like, a mental – Yeah barrier. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's all going to get figured out, but I'd say that's a struggle for me right now. Yeah. All righty. I think it would be cool. We have a few other things to talk about, like some, how to practically make your home a sanctuary and do some spiritual housekeeping. Maybe we could do, maybe our net, maybe we could do a separate episode. I think we should make that a part two. And do the prayer through your house. And I would love that because I don't want to rush through any of that, but I know we've been going for a while. Yeah. So yeah, let's let's do, um, Let's do this one as kind of like the spiritual housekeeping type thing. And then we'll do another one on like making your home a sanctuary, which I feel like is the reason why we're going through. So like this is step Mm -hmm. one 
and then next we get to go into i i think that's perfect and i love that we're doing this right after we moved it's like you know i know like perfect we timing it, we didn't <laughs> god so, planned awesome. it this way he sure did. He sure did. All right. So um, I know I mentioned it before, but if you guys are interested, you could also tune into the Mindful Christian Prayers podcast. And there is an episode way at the beginning of that playlist on praying through your home. And let's go ahead and end this episode with our blessing and benediction. May the Lord sustain us through sickness and the frailty of human flesh. And may my dog stop squeaking. <laughs> All right. May his grace be sufficient and his power made perfect in our weaknesses so that it will be obvious to everyone that what we have accomplished has been accomplished to Christ. While we groan inwardly awaiting our heavenly treasure that will never perish, spoil, or fade, may the power that raised Jesus from the dead work mightily in us as we wait for the day of his glorious appearing. Coffee is just giving us a visual and, or an audible of the, you know, the inward groaning that's right. That's right. It's hers is kind of an outward groaning. It's an yes. outward sound effect. <laughs> anxiously awaits the end of this episode so that mom can take her outside to pee. That's <laughs> I'm sure right. what's going on. <laughs> Our benediction is from Psalm 20 verses one through five. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God of Jacob protect you. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all of your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation, and in the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. May the Lord give strength to his people, and may the Lord bless his people with peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.